Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. Hello, church. We're so excited that you're joining us today for our online gathering. Today we're in week two of a series that we started last week called Hope Alive. The reality is we're living in a day, we're living in a time right now in history where our world is longing for hope. They are looking for hope. And so in these weeks together, we're talking about how hope is still very much alive. Hope is alive in the face of all of the unknown that we see today. And today we want us to talk about how hope is alive in one another, the power of hope in one another. So if you have a copy of Scripture uh, in front of you there as you join us today from your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, man, we'd love for you to open up a copy of God's Word, even if you have a Bible app. You can open up with us today to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 is where we're going to be um, today in our time. Today we find ourselves in one of the most unique times in history. Definitely probably one of the most unique times in your lifetime. Today, we've been told to isolate. We've been told to stay away from others around us, to stay home as much as possible. We've been told to socially distance ourselves from others around us. And in essence, we've been told to be alone. Now hear me, I completely understand the government's request for us to distance ourselves from one another in these times to help slow down the spread of the virus. And I support that decision. However, what I want us to see is that even during these unique times, spiritually, we weren't designed to do life alone. Loneliness is defined as sadness because one has no company or friends. Loneliness is a very real thing in our lives. It's a very real thing in our world, especially in these days. But what I want us to see today is that God did not create us or intend for us to do life alone. In fact, from the very beginning of time in Genesis, when God created Adam and he put him in the garden, he said these words to Adam. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, he says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be what? To be alone. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. From the very beginning, God created and designed us to share life with others. And today we're listening, we're watching from living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and homes spread all across our area. For some of you today, uh, maybe you're watching with your spouse or with your kids or with your family, or maybe you're watching by yourself. We're watching from many different places, yet we are one church. We are one church. Remember, the church is not a building. It's not a physical structure, but it's the people of God, saved by God, living out purposes together, together, all right? God's called us to live life together with one another. And although we find ourselves in unique times where we've been charged to isolation, today I want us to see that we don't have to and we should not do life alone. In Hebrews chapter 10, we see some encouraging verses about our need for one another. So look with me at Hebrews chapter 10. We'll read verses 23 through 25. Here's what scripture says. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25. 
not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Scripture says as followers of Jesus, as those people who have exchanged our old life of sin and self for a new life in Christ, that we have hope, that hope is alive in us because Jesus has defeated sin and defeated death and defeated the grave. He then passes that same victory on to those of us who would choose to trust him with our life. Hope is alive in us that our world does not have. And Hebrews tells us to hold firmly, or some versions say unswervingly, all right, with all you got, hold on to that hope, that hope that we have that the world does not have. And one of the ways that Scripture tells us that we hold on to that hope, even in these very unique days, even in the face of the unknown, one of the ways that we hold on to hope is through sharing life with one another through sharing life with one another. So today what I want us to do is I want us to see three things from Scripture, from these passages, this passage that we read, three different things that sharing life with one another produces in us. And then I'm really excited at the end today, I want to tell you about how we're going to continue to share life together, even during this very unique time in history. If you're taking notes uh, as you're watching with us at home, the first truth that I want us to grasp today is this. Life with others grows our love for one another. Life shared with others grows our love for one another. Verse 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Did you know that the phrase one another is used 100 times in just the New Testament, just the back 27 books of the Bible, 100 times the phrase one another is used. And although one another is two different words in our English language, it is only one word in its original Greek form, and it is the word alelon. All right, say that with me from home today. Alelon. How cool is that? You learned some Greek today sitting in your PJs on your couch. All right? Alelon. And Scripture calls us over and over a number of times in different commands to share together with alelon, with one another, as we're pursuing Jesus together. To give us just a few things that Scripture pushes us towards with one another, it says accept one another. Forgive one another, share with one another, encourage one another, bear with one another, confess sins to one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, pray for one another, and serve one another. Here's the truth today. It is literally impossible for you and me to follow these commands unless we're sharing life with one another. See, God designed us to share life together. Life with others produces in us a greater love for one another. Verse 24 says, let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so the goal when we share life together in this spiritual journey that we're on, in that sharing of life, it's not just to increase our vertical love of Jesus, but it's also intended to increase our horizontal love of one another. The reality that we all have to grasp at some point or another is that this world is so much bigger than you and me, right? Oftentimes, that's the reality that I wrestle every single day, is that this world is so much bigger than my wants, than my desires, than just what's happening with me. 
And so God gives us, he encourages us towards life with others so that we begin to understand the needs of people around us and that we begin to increase our love for one another. In fact, Paul would say it this way in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But here's the phrase. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve who? One another humbly in love. Paul says the love and the freedom that we get to have as followers of Jesus wasn't just to be kept to ourselves, but it was intended to increase our love in how we connect, how we serve, how we encourage one another. And as the exchange family, man, we have hundreds and hundreds of people that are connected to our spiritual family. And we realize there are many, many more of you who are joining us online. Welcome into our family. But here's what we know. In these very unique times of social distancing, the easy thing to do is to become disconnected. So we have to work really hard, really intentional in these days to be connected because we know we're better together. We're better together. And so what we want to do is we want to create opportunities to connect together. We realize there there are many of you in these days who have or will have physical needs. There, there are many of you in these times who need somebody to pray with you and to pray for you. There are others of you who want to know, how can I meet others' needs? How can I pray for the needs of one another? And so I'm excited to tell you about one of the ways that as the exchange family, we're going to stay connected to encourage one another in these days. It's through something that we're calling the exchange community. The exchange community is a Facebook group that we have created where all you need to do is go on Facebook, simply search the words, the exchange community. You look for our logo, and then you can request access into this group. Here's our hope behind this digital community together, is to create a platform where we can do exactly what Scripture says, where we can encourage one another, we can pray for one another, we can walk alongside one another, even during these very unique days. And in just the four or five days since this community has been created, we've already had a couple hundred of you already connect to this community. We've already been able to share needs, meet needs, pray for one another, and encourage one another in these days. You see, God designed us to share life with others because in doing so, it grows our love for one another. As you look back at our passage, Hebrews chapter 10, read verse 24 again. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Here's the second truth I want us to grasp today is this. Life with others grows our commitment to God. Life with others, life shared with others grows our commitment to God. I've heard a phrase that says immaturity is the inability to make and keep commitments. That's good and convicting. Immaturity is the inability to make and keep commitments. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but we live in a society where we are running from commitment more and more. We have become a non-committal people. We want to keep our options open. We have trouble making commitments to a job or to a friend group or to a schoolwork or to a relationship, sometimes even to a spouse. 
our default in our broken flesh is to look for the easy way out, to bail when it doesn't go our way, and we become more and more a non-committal people. We want to leave our options open. But here's what Scripture says, that God created us to share life together with others because in doing so, here's what happens. It grows, it strengthens our commitment to God. You see, when we make a decision to trust Jesus with our life, in essence, what we're making is a commitment. We're making a commitment to God. And God doesn't just stop his instructions in his word by saying, hey, follow me, and then that's it. No, he says, follow me, and then he gives us some things to grow our relationship with him, some guardrails to keep us on track, things like scripture, things like worship, things like prayer, and also sharing life together with others. You see, God knew that this life would get difficult, that it would get discouraging at times. So he says, don't do it alone. I've designed you, I've created you to share life together with others because it increases, it grows your commitment to me. I remember back in high school when I played basketball and every season before the real season, we would have preseason workouts where we would go into the weight room together. And I know you can't tell by my appearance today, but I wasn't the most swole dude on my team, all right? I was not the strongest guy on my team. But every preseason, we would go into the weight room multiple days a week, and we would lift weights together, all right? Every preseason, just before we would get ready to really start the season, we would have what was called max out day. And on max out day, it meant that for each one of us, we were going to try to lift the maximum amount of weight on certain exercises, max out day. And man, I can remember just like it was yesterday, laying on the bench press with the bar above me and my coach going, put this much weight on each side, all right? Now, I'm gonna be real with you. It was more weight than I ever would have put on the bar had I been working out by myself. But in that moment, coach was in charge and coach told us how much weight we were gonna put on. And so as I laid on the bench preparing to max out, to lift the greatest amount of weight I'd ever lifted, I had my team that would gather around me as I'm laying on the bench, the spotter's above me, and he helps me pick up this bar off of the rack, and it comes down to my chest, and there's the moment of truth, is it not, where this thing's going up, all right, are you looking like a fool in front of your whole team? And I'll never forget in those moments, all right, as I begin to grow weak, thinking, I don't think I can lift this thing back up. My team began to speak up. Come on, don't give up, B-May. Hang in there, B-May. You can do it. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And I'm telling you, it was like God sent angels directly from heaven in that moment to lift up my little noodle-sized biceps in the most miraculous act I had experienced to lift that bar off of my chest all the way back up and put that thing on my rack. And I jumped up like I was in that moment, right? I was blown away by the power that I had, the strength that I had in that moment as we shared in that together. Church, here's what I know about you and about me. Life gets heavy. Life gets difficult. And in these days, we're facing so much unknown. We feel the feelings of overwhelmment where we wonder, what's, what's going to happen next with my job? What, what, what's gonna, what am I going to do with my kids? How am I going to be able to pay my bills? What's going to happen next? And in those moments 
of unknown, it's easy for it to weaken our commitment to God, for, for it to cause us to, to neglect spending time in God's word, for us to forget our need to communicate with God in prayer, for it to drown out the worship in our lives, for us to begin to doubt God's unchanging promises from his word. And, and in that doubt, that's exactly why God gives us one another. You see, you need other people rallied around you, people who are stronger in their faith, people who are walking the same journey you're walking, rallying around you to say, don't give up, hang in there. I mean, keep connecting with God's word. Keep talking to God in prayer. He hears you. Don't stop worshiping. Worship is a weapon. Trust God's word. His promises are true. They're never changing. You see, you and I need one another. Because in moments of unknown, like what we're facing, one of the easiest and fastest things to go is our faith. But when we share life together with others, God has created it in such a way that it grows and strengthens our commitment and our faith in him. See, life with others grows our love for one another. It grows our commitment to God. But then I want us to see one last truth that we see in verse 25. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not giving up. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's the third powerful truth that I want us to grab hold of today. Life with others helps us persevere. Life shared with others helps us persevere. You see, as the writer of Hebrews records these words, he's writing to a group of believers who are facing persecution and rejection because of their faith. So he writes to them to say, stand firm. Don't give up. Don't back down. This life is not the end. Hang in there. Don't lose faith. The way he says that you can do all of those things is how? With one another. By sharing life together with others. By pursuing Jesus. And in that, you find encouragement to persevere. What I think we can all agree on is that we are in the middle of one of the most unknown, biggest moments of unknown that we've ever faced. And I realize today that some of you are facing concerns about will your business, will your job survive the economic impact of what's happening? Some of you are, are seriously concerned today, will, will I stay healthy or, or, or will I get sick with this virus? Some of you are asking today, are we going to have enough food in a couple of weeks to even feed my kids and my family? Some of you are wondering, how am I going to survive all of this time at home with my family, right? We're facing so much unknown, and in those moments of unknown, it creates in our flesh fear and worry and doubt and hopelessness. But today, as the church, we find hope in two different ways one that we serve, we worship, we follow, we've committed our lives to an unchanging, ever-present, ever-faithful God who never leaves us, who never leaves us. And second, we find hope today through sharing life together with others, because in that is an encouragement to persevere, no matter what this world hands us. You see, you weren't designed to do life alone, and Scripture tells us so. Look at what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. 
That is the power and purpose of life together with others in spiritual community, that no one would be left to carry this heavy life alone. We need others to help us persevere in the face of the unknown. You see, as the exchange, the the lifeblood of our spiritual family is what we call life groups. Life groups are, are simply smaller groups of people, groups of men and women and couples and young adults and students who gather, who share life together to grow one another, to encourage one another. And here's what I'm here to tell you, that even in the face of all of the unknown, life groups haven't gone anywhere. In fact, they've only become more important than they ever were before because we need one another. We're better together. And in this very unique time of of social distancing, we have created online life groups so that life together can still happen, even through the gift of technology. And I'd love for you to hear the stories of people who are choosing to share life together in these days. I was a little skeptical at first, but I can tell you as the meeting went on, uh, as we opened up more and, and discussed, uh, looking at that silly screen on the phone, uh, we made jokes, we interacted, it became more lively. And uh, honestly, uh, we just encouraged each other. I was kind of skeptical about meeting online at first only because usually we have childcare for life groups and I had one of mine with me. He was sick and I knew that there would be moments of distraction even though I wanted to be fully present. But surprisingly, I was able to be fully present. Um, And if I needed to excuse myself for a second, I could still listen to what they were saying. Also, my Christmas tree was still up and it was, you know, in the background. So that's another reason I was skeptical about meeting, but thank goodness they don't care. Using the Zoom app really wasn't that different from being in person. Each one of us got to see the other as long as we enabled our video and we could hear each other with the audio enabled. So it was just like being in my living room. The heart and the uh, meaning of what we were sharing with each other was still there. So in that sense, the feeling was definitely not any different. I believe that we should meet during the season of social distancing because as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. We want to remain sharpened and sharpen the ones that we love in our life groups, then we need to be in community with one another. It's very important for our life group to be together during these trying times. We're a source of hope and encouragement to each other. We're staying grounded in scripture and we're looking for ways that we can be the church where we are. A large part of my life uh, in my Christian walk, I really tried to keep it to myself. I didn't really pour into others and didn't really want them pouring into me. I just wanted to figure it out. Uh, leave people alone, uh, they leave me alone. But now, I don't know that I could do life apart from other people. I need that interaction. I need people to pour into me and I actually need to be able to pour into others. I would feel very dark and hopeless because I've been in that spot before where I was just trying to live in a relationship with him on my own and take it on by myself. 
and a lot of times I felt like I wanted to turn somewhere, but I didn't know where to go because I didn't have a group of women that would point me to His Word, that would point me to the truth, that would encourage me with His love, that would wrap their arms around me and pray for me. And that is, is what the church is. It means everything not to have to do life alone in regard to our relationship with Jesus. I think Jesus knew that. That's why he encouraged us to assemble together. And even though we can't do that right now because of the social distancing, we can still do it through social media, utilizing the resources that we have. Continuing to meet with all my groups is going to be very important uh, as time goes on and, and the distance between each one of us will seem to grow apart. Uh, we need to really, with intent, stay together. I, I just really think that he pursues our hearts through one another, and how beautiful and glorious is that, knowing that he's using my friends to pursue me. And, um, and through that, we are, we are, bringing glory to him. So I'm very thankful for the life group because of that. You weren't made to do life alone. Today I'm encouraging you, if you're connected to one of our life groups and our spiritual family, man, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you to connect with your group online in these days. They need you and you need them. If you're not connected to one of our life groups, whether you consider yourself a part of the exchange family or not, man, we would love to get you connected so that you're not alone in these moments. We've got groups for men, for women, for couples, and even for young adults. All of them will meet online, and it's super easy for you today to get connected. If you'll just go to our website, theexchange.cc, and look for the online groups graphic, it's super simple for you to pick an opportunity for you to connect with others. The reality is we're living in very uncertain times. And in these times of so much unknown, it's so easy to be overcome with fear, to give way to doubt, and to find yourself hopeless. But today, the good news, the promise is that hope is alive. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. And hope is alive when we choose to share life together with others. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.